we're going to discuss about why politics is a disgrace. Yeah. Yeah. That won't you, be good. Uh, actually, did you did you watch uh, Beto O'Rourke's fucking confrontation and storming into interceding yeah. himself at the uh, Abbott's I, press conference? I think it was actually the I night. Did, I didn't have to night. watch, but I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. He was all uh, grandstanding and, you know, we got to do something about these guns. Yeah, yeah. To a certain extent, I could actually say if he was if it wasn't for a show, I would yeah. actually say bravo, but it's all based around the narrative, and he's a piece of shit anyways. They're both pieces of shit, but I mean yeah. he that was just for political show that was a stunt, yeah, he was doing that for voters, yeah, oh, you Whereas, know uh they was having this issue with Disney down in Florida a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Trying to the, the don't say gay bill that yeah. I was telling you I started talking to in China. Mm-hmm. He, was, he brought it up. He was saying that they're trying to introduce that kind of stuff in the Chinese education system too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's weird that I mean it's not weird, but like you know, oh they're so different. But then again, they're doing the same thing that we're doing here. They they are they are. Yeah, I don't know if they're. Once st- are they would they be one step ahead or they're just, um they're probably one step ahead because they said that they were they were like introducing like erotic stuff. Oh, were they? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He said the people on the internet there were saying it was a conspiracy. I'm like, it's funny that even in 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 China they have conspiracy theories. Well, China would probably be the biggest. of conspiracy theories considering like what's been going on since the rise of the communist regime so it would make sense yeah it would make sense that they would have a collection of different theories of conspiratorial nefarious elements going on yeah yeah but i mean it turns out that uh about 90% of our conspiracy theories over here that uh, contribute to the whole world happen yeah. and, and for the West in general have pretty much come true. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty sad when you can go back and reread 1984 and it's happening. Yeah. It's almost like it was a backdrop. Like, it really was a guideline. Like so what I think it be. they're like they're paying out these people that are writing these books. But like here, we're trying to figure out the best way we can use to collectivize people and, and brainwash them. So here is a contest. Whoever gets the the best story gets gets to actually get implemented and uh we're also gonna pay you a lot of money to shut up. Exactly. You, you want because there's nothing you can do about the future. Well, like, wasn't like George George Orwell was, he was a profound socialist, wasn't he? Yeah. And so was H.C. Wells, and he wrote the he wrote the the book with the with the title, all within it, like blatantly direct, like the New World Order. Yeah. That's kind of like a piece of fiction, yeah, spluttered with a little bit of fact. 
I've only read like bits and pieces of the New World Order by H.C. Wells. Yeah, I need to read a bunch of these books. Like I've got Animal Farm in 1984, and I started reading Animal Farm a couple of years ago. And I never... Oh, I love Animal Farm. Yeah. So. Yeah, like the whole idea around it is like they ha- they want to, like they essentially they want to collectivize into a revolution the farm animals, and yeah. take over the house. And it's basically an allegory for the yeah. rise of socialism, and then it all starts from it all essentially. I don't want to spoil the book for you; it's good, but it basically essentially comes cr- crumbling down when they reach the pinnacle yeah. of it all, because every you know, because when it comes down to it, like it sounds like a good idea, but then. Yeah. How are you going to control the collective? Yeah. You got to have some type of authority if you're going to control the collective and ensure that there's going to be equity over equality, equality over equity. Yeah. I mean, unless you're going to eliminate the state and pronounce all... Authority is within the market. Did you just and assume every, my pronoun? I just assumed your pronoun. How dare you? Yeah, you're a you're a pig, aren't you? Yeah. No wait. I'm a, a, a private pig. It calls me a dick. <laughs> I'm just a fat heifer. <laughs> Do you live with a bunch of wolves? Did your best friend yeah. a kangaroo? Yes. <laughs> Are you going to get that surgery and lose all that weight and then uh, get it all back at the end of the day? End of the day. Yeah, there ain't going to be no end of the day about it. Try two hours. <laughs> hey, a runtime for a show is 12 minutes. Okay? Mm-hmm. Or so, so it's, it's, uh, I'm guessing that's without commercial. That's without commercial, yeah. It's like, uh, it's like, Twitter wanted. Why must eleven minutes of my or every eleven minutes of my life be constant torture? Because <laughs> it's got to be constant torture. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So politics, huh? Yeah, Twitter. Twitter's kind of constant torture, though. It's it's the politics, yeah. man. It's the politics. Yeah. Well, you know, the state, the left eats itself, but so does the right, and I guess they eat each other. So they love eating. They they both cry wolf, but when the wolves finally show up, they're both fucked. Yeah, I mean, no, you know, they they keep on bitching at each other. They keep on calling each other one thing after the other, and going at trying to pick at one another and get at get it get at each other's wits. And in the end, yeah. they're just all all going to get gobbled up in the in the end. So they're all driving down the same road, just some drive faster than others. Mm-hmm. And then a quote by a certain anarchist we all know. A certain anarchist that we all know. Yeah. yeah. Was it well, was, was it was it Michael? Or who Michael was it? Michael Myers. Yeah. yeah, Michael Myers. Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah. So he, okay, he's going to kill people, but he's going to do it at his own pace. 
okay? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. He's still going to kill people. He's still going to... Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean what kind he's... of freedom-loving American goes around, goes around and doesn't kill people? Someone who follows the law. Exactly. What do you want to follow the law for? You want because... the state to kill people? Or do you want to make yeah. that choice to kill people? No, you want the state to hire people that, to act out and kill people so that you can justify your own by borrowing so, money to pay for future mass murders in elementary school. Yeah, yeah. So what you're saying is, is we we both should become cops, get paid forty grand a year to tase parents that rush to a school to make sure their kids are safe while a gunman is in there killing them. Hey, and if they don't go to school, then we go and arrest them for truancy. So what if they're being homeschooled? Still truancy? Well, I mean, that's a catch-22. I mean, how can you really prove that they're being homeschooled? Uh, I know. We're just going to we're gonna have to kick in the door. We're going to have to taste the parents. We're going to have to shoot this the dad. A, this we're is gonna a have to... Don't anybody move. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, this is Agent... This is, a... uh, this is Agent Milton... I'm uh, Agent Ross. I don't I don't talk very much, uh, and uh, we are with the Pinkerton Detective Agency. At least we're private. Yeah. yeah. But just one. St- look, okay, we could be 500 pounds overweight, but you know, we're just slightly less overweight. We're 400 pounds. We're a little better. You know, kind of like going from public services like the police to the mob. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, could, I'm 350. I'm a little bit. Oh, okay. okay. So you're you're private. You're you're dedicated only to providing security or to uh, contract sure. partners just for you, just yeah. for one set of uh, one party. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my party. My yeah. My my client is uh, Goldman Sachs. They pay top yeah. dollar. So, I mean, really, like we we joke about it. I mean, there there would be like there would be there's there's just as many cons as there are pros when it comes to private policing, but there's yeah. a lot more pros because there would be more choices in the matter. I mean, look at how many private security firms there are in today's day and age already. Now, just think if they actually if we set up a system within the actual free market to where you can actually train these security officers to becoming a group of actual high-tech, very well-trained, know-what-they're-doing type of operative. So then you have – now you no longer have your little dinky – Overweight nerd, overweight nerd, or your little skinny, twenty-year-old college student that's just part-time gig at a warehouse, or etc. It doesn't matter, or a casino. Yeah, now you have a different prospect of different companies that have actual trained police officers, but on the private sector, and people have a choice within the open market on whom to go to. Prices are set in the range of supply and demand, like basic economics, and 
And I mean, you just, that's the whole point. Like the point is choice. And if you don't want to go into the open market and shop around for the police, for a police agency or a security firm um, to protect yourself and you want to, and and you don't want to outsource what you could do on your own, you want to defend your own premises, you want to protect your own family. um, Why not? I mean, why can't you, why, I mean, we can, we can solve this whole issue by just going straight to the market. I mean, you're not going to solve violence. You're not going to end violence. No. no. Violence but, is inevitable. Conflict is inevitable. Yeah. I mean, I'm, if we if we could... They're like elementary school, middle school who are killing each other. Mm-hmm. And it happens every day. Over stupid things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, funny you say that because I mean, it, it for the most part, the violence in schools happen all the time, every day, especially in, yeah. um, especially in in more impoverished communities. I mean, because there's really, they're not really there to get an education. The I mean, public schools are atrocious. There are certain public schools that are better funded within the educational realm. Um, depending on where you're at, depending on how that school does on like test scores for yeah. government, uh, for government testing. I mean, the better scores and most of it is inflated for the most part because there's always a curve, but it's all based on funding. And then the most funding you can get through taxpayer ordinance, um, the better that you can prepare to be an actual education center when you don't get that funding um, from the government via the taxpayers, you're, it's just going to be a shell of itself. And it's practically going to be just a, a, it's, it's basically like a little mini prison for eight hours a day or, a, or a call center atmosphere, which would probably be okay. worse than prison. I think I'd rather be in prison. <laughs> I mean, but you're going to have, you're, you're just, you're going to run. Then you put all these kids from probably broken situations with attitudes of their own, teachers that don't give a shit, administrations that they're just making the paycheck and stealing the funds that they do get. And what do you have? You have a cesspool of violence in action and just gross, just grossness. Listen. Okay, I got two things to say here. One, shout out to my baby, my baby Nevada Tan. Good luck in prison. Okay. Number two, I worked three and a half years as an armed guard at a medical college. The people who came and went through that uh, to do security for that mm-hmm. was, I mean, there was barely any training. Mm-hmm. It, it was like trying to pull teeth to get like you know sight orders. What we were supposed to do. Um, and it's not just there, like all the other security. I've been doing this security for six, six and a half years, seven years. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's atrocious. There's, there's no accountability. There's, they just want bodies. Trust me. I worked at a medical college. I had cold bodies. They could have used cold bodies if, if they didn't smell bad. That's, yeah. you know, they didn't care as long as they had somebody. Well, wouldn't you think that would that's ma- mainly based on what uh, what we have in in our society today? Yeah. Like the fact that we don't really we have a centralized market, we have an overt, we have a covert market. 
the overt market is what is the corporate market. We don't necessarily need security. Security is really just insurance purposes for most for most contracted out uh, companies, businesses, college campuses, um, et cetera, et cetera. And you have the police for that. So you can you've already you can outsource the actual policing to the monopoly of violence, the government, to governmental jurisdictions. So there's really no real point to have security. So when you do have these private security companies, even armed, they're really just lackluster customer service jobs behind a desk it, where you don't need any secretary yeah. with a gun. Yeah. You're basically you're just a secretary with a gun at that point because you don't really need security. It's just basically to make people feel safe for insurance purposes of the company. And anything that really might happen that isn't a need of police is going to go straight. It, you're going to call 911 and have the real police show up when they finally yeah, do yeah, show up. For 50 minutes and hold parents down who are actually trying to go in there and protect their own kids who are getting shot up. Mm-hmm. And you got the kids sitting there blood, uh, wiping blood on their face so they can look like they're, like they're dead. Yeah. Yeah, what what kind of system is that? This doesn't sound healthy at all. No, and you got the meat dispensers yeah. who are trying to who trying who's trying to whitewash and you know backpedal. Oh my God, we can only have yeah. one one security system. You can't have any rights. You know, mm-hmm. you, yeah. your rights come from the ability to purchase purchase protection. So. It's interesting that you 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 say that like you you spent three years at that with that contract with that company under yeah. that contract with that medical college and that's all you saw like everybody's just a body you're just an armed you're armed but you're just a glorified secretary with a gun but yeah. i mean in a real open market minus government police and the government can have police whatever as long as we yeah. have a, comp- a a competitive market it's eventually going to counter the government yeah. If you're counting your government, then you're making everything co- competitive. Everything's just, in my opinion, going to be a little bit better off because people have a choice in the matter of yeah. And if they mm-hmm. and that choice also includes not having to be included in any form of the market, whether government or private. Yeah. And um, but if you look at like that setting where you're with this security company you're just a glorified secretary with a gun the people that come in most of them there's high turnover it's a it's a stressful job for the people that stick it out because you're pretty much the one that's working this mundane shithole while everybody else just doesn't show up eventually they're coming and going it's a revolving door um yeah yeah well, in the in an open market, a company like that would end up shuttering its doors very easily because it's simple. Nobody's going to it's it's not going to be able to promote itself as a very highly efficient security firm. So P, mm-hmm. yeah, so you're going to have consumers, you're going to have clients, companies, individuals that look at that company that is lackluster everybody's just basically a body you might as well just have the cold bodies uh that are in the fridge down in the in the morgue of the medical college the cadavers be your security guards they're going to look at that and be like why would i hire the this security firm this security firm's a joke i'm going to go on to the next to the to the next company 
then the next company and the next company, I'm going to go shop around and yeah. see if there's something better on the open market um, that will actually be there for protection. And we, I mean, and, and we somewhat have that in today's society. There are better security that, I mean, look at like wealthy celebrities and politicians, even that when they're not using the secret service, because the secret service does extend even to congressmen uh, as well, just on a smaller scale. Yeah. But I mean, and, and, and business leaders, um, just high profile business leaders, especially like those with money can be able to pay for good quality armed security for the most part, which in reality, I mean, when, when they're do either doing their jobs or when there's really nothing to, there's no real threat. I mean, it's all security is pretty much going to be a desk jockey type of armed secretary because I mean, if 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 not if you're doing your job, you're just basically gonna be chilling. I mean, yeah. just the just the allure of seeing that that person is surrounded by security is going to um is going to deter the assailant that wants to commit acts of violence against that individual from doing anything because who wants to who wants to try to to commit violence. Who wants to tr attempt to kill or harm somebody who has armed guards all around them? Nobody. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. the fact of the matter is, is like in an open market, the the lackluster garbage uh, firms um, who aren't really – they're not trained. There's no accountability. You're just a body. That company is going to go out of business. It's going to be put to the wayside because nobody's going to want to do business with, with a company that – is basically shit. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, when I was there, I started wearing body armor just to, like, you know, to look the part. Mm -hmm. And the client, well, one of the employees, not the client itself, you know, because it was school. Mm -hmm. Somebody filed an anonymous complaint because they didn't want me to look the part. Mhm. See, that doesn't make sense. Like, why would it go on? Like, that'd be like, oh, okay, well, you know, well, you may be a, a like licensed as an armed guard, but we really don't like guns on the school, even though we we were here for so that people won't shoot up the school. Why don't you just mm -hmm. leave your gun at the house? It doesn't make any sense. So. This, no. uh, and um, look, I'm not saying that there's not a position, there's not a place for, you know, that particular perspective of what security is in the market. But so long as this, the government has a monopoly and we're we're required by law to call them in the, in, in the case of an incident first mm -hmm. before we can actually respond, and we're supposed to let them handle things, it just isn't. This this is not. That's not something that can work sustainably long term. Yeah, and 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 when when you do have um, the public monopoly of police, I mean, it's so set up that even like whether you're an armed or a, or an unarmed guard, and even armed especially, it doesn't make sense because you're armed. But uh, if you if you see something, if you observe something, the the and 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 I was a security guard for a year. I was just unarmed, but still like. 
in my training, my orientation, like one of the first things we went over in the handbook was like, um, if you observe something, uh, keep your distance, keep your eye on them and call the police. It's like, yeah, why? Like, so you want me to observe if I observe, observe a suspicious activity on the property and it possibly might escalate. Um, and as I'm observing, I can t- tell that this person might even be unarmed. They're just causing trouble. You don't want me to uh, alert them. You want me to call the yeah. cops. Well, what happens when the cops show up and there's nobody there? Well, I'm, I could potentially – you just put me in liability of potentially being arrested for false reporting. Be, yeah. yeah. And then I'm going to have to – Run up the. I'm gonna have to write. I'm, I also have a ton of re- report paperwork I'm gonna have to do for my job, and then you, and on top of that, it's gonna add more to the report when I have to show the police the video of what I uh, was able to observe that corresponds with my observation of a suspicious actor, and even that may not even um, aid me. Um, that may not corroborate anything because maybe the maybe that's a, I observed the suspicious character in a dark zone where the camera didn't yeah. catch him, and then boom, yeah. I'm what I'm arrested for false reporting. Yeah, and then they they give you the camera access. The camera's mm-hmm. still got plastic wrapper over it, so you know how right. like the screen has some plastic over it to protect the screen, mm-hmm. and it's like that for three years, and you keep putting in. Rep- requests for things to change and they just keep ignoring your requests. So. Yeah. No, no. It's, I, a, it's, mm-hmm. it's inefficient and it's absolutely ridiculous. It's because we're in today's society, if you have you know, security uh, contracted, uh, contracted like I was, it's mm-hmm. not so that you can protect people. It's not even, it, they say that it's for you to protect people to make people feel comfortable. It's so that you have insurance, and that yeah, your insurance is, is cheaper than not having security at all. Exactly, it's a lot cheaper. It's all it's all insurance, and, yeah. and that the the company that your that your security firm may be contracted with, they they're going to have insurance no matter what on the yeah. property. But it it by having a body of armed or unarmed guards. Just to say they have security on the property, it discounts the insurance so much that, yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's just a write-off. It's the fall guy. That's all it, we are. That's all it is. Like it, and and because of system, like the like what happened just down in Texas, the police became the fall people. It's all about just selling a narrative. It's not actually about protecting people. Exactly. It's about, it's about grand, uh, uh, moral grand spanning and not actually being moral and protecting. And I, I guess what the what the narrative for what happened in, uh, in Uvalde, uh, Texas, uh, yeah. I think I said that right, Uvalde, um, the, the narrative, it seems to me, um, is, is fitting that montage of, of the gun control issue. Yeah. The sen- yeah, which is which is ultimately um, c- 
completely centralizing um, the monopoly of violence to the point where nobody, uh, no law-abiding citizen, is to is to ever be armed for the defense and protection of themselves, their property, their family, etc., and uh, that the only persons that can be the uh, proprietor of protection are those who are in representation of the government on all jurisdiction levels. Yeah. An armed society is a polite society, right? But we're not an armed society as much as we used to be. Because, mm-hmm. because the media has gaslit people into thinking guns are, are dangerous. Yeah, they're dangerous, but they're a lot they're a lot less dangerous if there's more of them. Yeah, and, and they are. I mean, guns are, they are tools of death. They always have been. If you want to blame anybody, blame the original. It is. It's a Pandora's box. Because if you really want to blame anybody, blame the, blame the original inventors and innovators of the fire of the original firearm back in the 15th century, 14th century, when they started kind of playing around. I mean, yeah. with gunpowder. And and then eventually the firearm, but I mean, but in reality, I mean, yes, it is a tool of death, but it's a tool when utilized responsible, when when you utilize it responsibly, it's a tool that can actually uh, help save life over death, because it should be utilized in only defense purposes, anyways, as well as um, hunting. As well as gathering food, because it's a it's a modern version of a of a of a tool of death um, that is just easier to to aim, load, aim, and kill your prey. Boom, you got yeah. dinner. So you shot that deer, you got dinner for a week. It's easier than going uh, taking your bow and ha- and having the steady, real real keen like keeping aim. And then pretty much hoping on that breath as you release that you hit the you hit that deer in the ass and then you gotta go track it. Well, with a gun, you get the right aim, it's down right there, there is no tracking. There's just going up and getting your prey and taking it yeah. home to skin it. <laughs> so and that's that's what it should be. I mean responsible gun use is for defense and it is for hunting for food that is it that's all it is it, i mean don't blame don't blame the tool even if it is a tool of death blame the person behind the gun blame the institution behind the gun because it is it is used as a weapon of war a weapon of yeah. true violence and it should not be the case uh, you can only steal so much from somebody before they get antsy so yeah, that is true. So, uh, the safer the safer route would be uh, would be, is the truth. Like the the safer route would not be centralization and complete prohibition. Because of that centralization, it is decentralization. It is allowing the populace to make their own choice on whether or not they're going to own a firearm or not. 
to and and with the understanding and yes you will need i mean i am a proponent of, of training if you're going to have a gun you bet you need to train with it you need to know how to oh. use it you need to know how to clean it because honestly you want to be able to clean it because if that gun's not that that gun is dirty and you do go to and it hasn't been used in a long while you got to know you got to you got to be able to target shoot as well you have to use it in order to maintain it and you got to know how to clean it otherwise it could backfire in your face yep. pick it up and you kill yourself just because you didn't clean it just because you yeah. didn't you didn't shoot it to, to go to the range and shoot a target a little bit i mean so you do have to use it in a, on a sporting recreation in order to not only uh get better at utilizing it but also maintain it so that if you have to possibly use it in some circumstance it doesn't backfire and kill you or one of your kids your spouse or whatever or your friend i mean so you i mean responsible gun ownership is the way to go and and the only way for responsible gun ownership is decentralization because if you, the the more you prohibit, the more that you try to control, the more that you centralize, I mean, the the larger the monopoly of violence becomes, the the more anticipated that we have uh, yet another regime like the Nazis or like the Soviets um, murdering their own people um, that are deemed uh, unfit for society and subhuman. I mean, you have to be able to. Uh, protect yourself, but you also have to be responsible with your own with your own freedom. That's what yeah. freedom is. Freedom isn't free. Freedom is responsibility. You can't be free until you understand that there are responsibilities to your freedom. Freedom is only cool until like it's not, and then everyone wants to shut down. It, exactly, yeah. that is true. Like everybody wants security, but I mean, it wasn't it Ben Franklin that said. Uh, and I paraphrase like it, 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 nobody, nobody who anybody that wants too much security should not have freedom or security. Yeah. And that's the truth. Like I paraphrase that, but he, I mean, he stated that. That's it's basically what he said. Yeah, it, it's basically what he said, and he's he's right. Like if you if you have too much of a security state, you're not going to have freedom because. Yeah. Everybody, there's always prying eyes, and there's always somebody that's encroaching. So, yeah. you're probably go back in time and live in a time where I didn't have to worry about all this bull crap. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'd probably join the 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 James Younger gang. Yeah. Start robbing banks <laughs> <laughs> all throughout Missouri. Head up to Minnesota, rob a bank, come back to Missouri. Go kill some Jayhawkers on the way too. Dirty little yeah. Jayhawkers. Yeah. You unionist. <laughs> yeah. I just want to be left alone. That's what I. That's, if I had to live, I had to work every day of my life for the rest of my life just to be left alone. I guess that's a good compromise. I don't know. That's true. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll starve. Yeah. Yeah. I get all the books I want. But no video games. No TV. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, to to be to be perfectly honest, like the best time in my opinion to live would be would have been like would have been like the the nineteenth century here in the, here in this country, just because you could uh, you could expand outward. You didn't have to stay in the cities. You, 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 I mean, you you start off in a town, but then as you get older, you finally realize like, uh, let's 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 try to let's try to make something of myself. And one way that most people believed that they needed to make something of themselves was they wanted that pursuit of uh, of happiness. They wanted that property. They wanted you know life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Pursuit of happiness was just Jefferson and the Declaration of Independence saying property, just in a more eloquent way. And uh, mm-hmm. and that's what it's all about. Like it's it's owning your own home. It's a, it's it's living on your own homestead, your own land. It's it's caring for your own land. It's raising your own family on on that land, and it's just living life and enjoying life. And that's freedom. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. And the Spooner had a quote about that in uh, the freezing the Constitution. I know authorities uh, talking mm-hmm. about how you know establishing homestead in, in Boston Harbor and he's talking about how just because you establish it doesn't mean people are required to stay there and, and you know live there for the rest of their life if they're not happy with the, their posterity then their posterity has the option to leave as soon as they feel feel fit and mm-hmm. demand to so. and, and Spooner I mean, was Dave yes. Tom, he, he was you know he was he, he was in that kind of situation Wendy's like his family moved around a lot, and he decided to yep. stay when they decided to move. Mm-hmm. He on his own. People in the 1800s, they mm-hmm. were out there like 14, 15 years old living on their own. You know, I remember reading about it. I don't know how long ago it was. Yeah. But reading about it, I was, I was watching a, a Molyneux a video about it. About, uh, I like you know, people that work. Like you don't have to be doing hard labor at 14, 15 years old. You could have been like you know in the newspaper industry or whatever, and mm-hmm. in a decent living wage and be able to be independent. Nowadays, you can't even get people to to move out until their thirties. Yeah, it's it's kind of almost impossible to be independent like that. Well, it's, I mean, it's possible, it, but it's expensive as hell. It is. It's it's, it's expensive. A lot of it has everything to do with. Uh... The financial market of of today, um, of today, and and that and of the years that led up to today, um, and and a lot of it has every a lot to do with uh, where we've come at technologically, yeah. and that uh, and 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 then and then the pressures of um, the pre- the pressures of of going to university, and yeah. and and you have to do this. You got to get that. Pa- you got to chase that piece of paper in order yeah, to. Like, yeah, and and. And uh, it, I don't know, like in today's world, it, it seems like we've expanded adolescence, whereas in a simpler, more simpler time, adolescence was truly where it was, where it was, um, which was between the ages of typically 10, 11, leading up to um, 15, 16. And of course, I mean, yeah. you had those that that. Uh, you always will have those that take a while to to grow and mature um, mentally, especially yeah. and emotionally, especially not just physically. So it, it could you could be in your mid twenties before you start truly g- maturing and growing up. Yeah. 
but for the most part, like yeah. adolescence <laughs> has been extended in our day and age to yeah. the, to the point where like you do have like thirty year olds that still act like children. You still have like yeah. sixty year olds that act like children. So I mean, yeah. it, it's just it's just a, it's it's the way that our society is. And uh, yeah, but back to the point of what you were saying about Spooner um, and his uh, contrast of that pursuit of happiness and that homesteading uh, aspect is he's exactly right. Like you have the ability to pursue your your dreams in any way, shape or form of, of being free and you don't have to sit around like you don't have to necessarily have that homestead you don't necessarily have to have that big white that big house with that white picket fence and uh and a wife with uh six children uh that love you and you can care for them and you take care you take care take care of them and 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 et cetera et cetera and you don't you can you can do anything like freedom is being able to put your mind at something and making that leap, taking that risk. If you want to skydive and that's all you want to do is go around the world and, and skydive um, in different locations, uh, dropping off onto the earth. I don't know why you would do this. You insane, insane skydiving risk takers. But Hey, you know, I might once, try sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the, but yeah, that I mean that that's one thing. If you wanna, if you want to, uh, if you want to start a newsletter, I mean, yeah. and that's that's your dream. Do it. If you want to play video games and develop them and test them, do it. And I'm talking now. Yeah. I'm jumping into the modern age. I mean, if you yeah. want to program, if you want to code, do it. If you want to podcast, do it. I yeah. mean. If you want to write a book, I mean, if you want to become, if you want to get into construction, if you want to be a welder, uh, if you want to be an electrician or a plumber, uh, et cetera, et cetera, I mean, get do what you have to do. In the marketplace. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, there's a market for everything, and that includes life in general. I mean, you don't have to just focus on one thing and that's it you have you can have many different facets that you enjoy that you want to that you want to dabble into just as long as you get to enjoy life that's we only get one life let's not make it mundane right wait wait unless you get an ego death and you get two yeah if you get an ego death you get two but i mean you still got one life that's just the death of your ego (laughs) Yeah, trust me, it's not easy. You get one physical life. <clears throat> you get you get two yeah, you right. get two lives if you count it, if you count your ego, yeah. killing off your your ego and starting anew. But I mean that's that's uh that's how it goes. So I mean that's that's where we're that's where we uh where we're at. Like, we, I guess that's where we're at with this. Is like the whole notion is just the, we need to we need to devolve from this this fallacy of politics and we need to just embrace the market we need to let allow that to dictate the the That's natural the environment you know we have the fat man mm-hmm. so. straight to the bone 
So, exactly. <laughs> but trust me, where we're going, we don't need ego deaths. Yeah, where we're going, we <laughs> just need a whole lot of cocaine and a shit ton of meth. Yeah. And Hunter Biden. That's crazy. You ever smoke DMT? I have not. Neither have I. Yeah. That's, no. <laughs> I thought you were anti drug. I thought you thought you were straight edge. I mean, <laughs> you were a CM. A, you were CM Punk straight edge. Yeah. Well, I guess that makes me the rated R superstar too. <laughs> I probably just got a copyright struck. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I see clearly. You're going to get sued by Vince McMahon and the WWE Incorporated. Yeah, well, no chance. That's what you got. No puns, everybody. You just got sued again, man. No yeah. chance is what you got. You just got sued. Hey, controversy <laughs> creates cash. Okay. Oh, you know, you just got sued by Eric Bischoff. But 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 at least Eric went after he sues you and wins in the and gets the settlement he's gonna shake his shake your hand and said you were yeah that's exactly right yeah thanks for yeah thanks for your entire life savings biatch and then he walks out the door you mean all the credit cards that I had to maximize to pay a, a fifth of the, of the money that I own for using this term that was yes. copyrighted by the WWE. Yes. See, yes, he's they believe he's in copyright. I believe in copy left. So you know, it's just putting hair. It's just it's just utilizing the left right paradigm, man. Copyright, yeah. copy left. Horseshoe theory. God, man. Horseshoe theory. Horseshoe theory. Hey, listen. If J. Ray can have video posts about you know. Uh, in cap stamp slur emporiums, we can have uh, quote emporiums for in cap stamp. We're licensing these quotes so that we can pay them a share for every time we use their quotes. Exactly, exactly. We're, we're we all help each other here. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Yeah. Now. We want to be as anti-politic as we possibly can be. Oh yeah, have you Which, been reading that? Yeah, we, I have actually. It's it's uh, very intriguing. I'm actually uh, about ready to read the uh, Murray Rothbard chapter in book two. Uh, oh yeah. So that'll be interesting. I love Rothbard. But um, yeah. speaking of but speaking of politics, we got to dabble dabble into it a little bit. Um, yeah. We're gonna take a dab. You got you get your blow you get your blow torch ready? Yeah, we're gonna take a dab, get your blow torch ready. You Beto believe it. Oh, Aurora. <laughs> Speaking of politics, um an incident occurred. I really don't give a shit because both sides are garbage. But no. hey, I figured we need to discuss a little bit about it. Level. So uh I guess, like, after the event, I don't know, was it that night? That I forget. Was it, that, was it the same day after that incident? 
But anyways, Governor Greg Abbott. Hey, wait. On You're uh, going to have to forgive 75 years old. He messed it up. Yeah, 75 years old. You yeah, suck my ass, George W. <laughs> just suck my ass. But um, I guess uh, he held a press conference in light of the shooting that happened in Texas. And I, I've only watched, like, a little bit of, like, the clip of the confrontation initial. You really barely can hear O'Rourke. But Beto O'Rourke decided to uh, kind of jump in to the limelight of this press conference to kind of call out Abbott. Yeah. Um, especially with, with Abbott being uh, kind of the caretaker of the uh, legacy right the legacy right idea of the 2A um, kind of rules and Beto O'Rourke being a leftist let's just be plain and plain leftist progressive Um, they're both legacy Um, but um, I just wanted to the reason I'm gonna I want to bring it about is like what do you what do you what's your take on on the whole incident um I know that as soon as like the reporters followed a workout and interviewed him outside just as soon as uh he walked out after being barred from the event told to leave but uh and then he said his little piece his little bullshit piece of saying he's not for the people and 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 we need to do more on on gun control pretty much in order to stop all this violence and then he went on a spiel about health care um yeah Yeah. (laughs) and 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 more money more money put in for medicaid so uh, yeah yeah kind of kind of getting kind of killing two birds with one stone right um yeah so what what is your take on the or, on the whole ordeal? Like my take is like realistically, like I think it's a bold move, but it's still a political one, and yeah. I don't agree with both guys, considering the yeah. fact that I am anti-conservative, anti-progressive. I'm an anarchist. I don't agree yeah. with the state. I do, I disagree with political parties, and I think they're all tools. And I believe that it was, it, it for the most part, it's a work in the in the element of just a political stunt uh just yeah. like like i think abbott i think there was a there was supposed to be an nra uh conference or convention that governor abbott was going to speak to and i think he pulled out of that because of this and so he eventually pulled out of out of speaking the, to that i think it was actually tonight as we re- record this um it was start he was going to speak and uh, he, I believe he pulled out of that because in light of this event, which would be a political stunt. I, I, I it's more of an admirable, admirable one in my opinion for the fact that he realized he probably should, but it's a political stunt nonetheless because you yeah. want to, you want to, you want your voters to like think you're a this chivalrous uh, man of honor. Yeah. Um, yeah. but uh. What is what's your take on on it? I, I I honestly think that they're just they're just two politicians that just want to get votes. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me just put it this way. Um, I think really he realized it was a good opportunity for him to tune into this very live, very failed podcast. He's not very yeah. advanced. 
<laughs> but no, seriously, like you said, it's a work. It's it's a production. It's a stunt. I mean, you know, there's talk now that the guy that shot up the school was talking to federal agents. I mean, it's, this is just like, you know, Las Vegas 2.0. There's always some kind of like, you know, oh, oh my God, there's been too much been uh, uncovered here. We're just going to hush-hush the story. Um, you know, there's always questions. There's never answers. It's, it's, it's just like loose change. You know, there's always something that mm-hmm. doesn't seem right. That they, they, they make it apparent that it doesn't seem right, but at the same time, they're not going to give you the full story because they like messing with you. They think it's funny. Well, they think that the masses are so stupid that they don't yeah. need to know the truth. So, and yeah. and who knows? We may never even truly know the truth. They may not even know the whole truth. Like, yeah, the powers that be. Like, and nobody will probably ever know the whole truth, especially we since this gunman is dead. JFK, and that was like how long ago? Oh, I mean, he God. was president. Yeah, yeah. How the hell you you expect to find out the truth about actual children if quote unquote yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Well, it's just like the Buffalo shooter that, uh, and that was yeah. that was just last week that that happened. Yeah. So yeah. it's almost it almost does feel like it's somewhat of a work for all of it. It's almost it yeah. almost gives you the feeling of a false flag, and it was the Buffalo shooter that uh, that it's just come in light that uh, accordingly he was uh, talking on the internet in some racist white supremacist chat, I guess yeah. accordingly with a uh, retired FBI agent who may have known that this was going to happen and when it was going to happen. And accordingly, he didn't report it to the proper authorities. Yeah. Um, Even even with him being a retired FBI agent. So, I mean, what's your take on that one? Like, I don't know. Could that could there be some truth in the in the element that Maybe the the Buffalo shooter could have possibly been a FBI handle, and this the yeah. the what happened in Buffalo could have potentially been a a Fed plot just to yeah. cause some chaos, you know, because you know government yeah. likes to cause chaos in order to implement their solutions, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's definitely interesting to always watch these kind of things play out. I mean, it's not good that this happened, no. but at the same time, it's like you know, it's just it just seems too convenient. Yeah, it does. But I mean, to a certain extent, I mean, uh, COVID was a convenience. Even I mean, obviously, yeah. it did come out of a lab, but I'm not saying that it was a bioweapon. Like, do you believe yeah. it was a it was inadvertently released to the public to cause mass? I don't be- I don't go that far, but I do believe that it it leaked out of a lab, and it and um, it spread, and governments around the world utilized it uh, yeah. in order to embrace more authoritarian measures to no, surmount no, control. Wait, they set it up in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So, what about Chicago? Ron Emanuel didn't he say never let a good crisis go to waste? Oh yeah, yeah. Ron Emanuel did. He 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 yeah. did say that. 
He was uh was it was he was he the mayor of Chicago at that point when he said that or was no, he still he was he was like I'm a Obama yeah uh, he was he was still his chief of staff at that point but still yeah it's interesting that that, that you bring that up because he did say that and he's exactly yeah. right like why would government waste a good crisis look at nine yeah. eleven for crying out loud although I yeah. still think nine eleven was an inside job I mean the government Blue had more than... I don't know. <laughs> Least James videos, yeah. So, listen, I'd rather uh, read Encyclopedia Dramatica and believe that it's as absolute truth than than the nine eleven official narrative. So, just make sure you check out the Billy Mays page and don't go the the Billy Mays. Yeah, the the conspiracy that the government made sure he died. Yeah. (laughs) Billy Mays here from Mighty Bennett. You can't mend this broken heart. <laughs> Billy Billy Mays was murdered by his competition because he was doing too well, well selling oxycodone. <laughs> <laughs> Clorox Clorox was getting a little too jealous. We'll never be able to have a real serious political podcast on this for our, for our program. There's just too much joking going on. But, I mean, like, you know, we do try to talk about the truth, so. We, we, yeah, I mean, and and I think that's the reason why we're, we we find so much humor is because, like, that's how we we objectify through our emotions. Like, we try to yeah. objectify everything that's bad through, through jokes because, I mean, we acknowledge that there's some bad shit that's, that's really going on behind the scenes and, and because of like corporate press, because of the le- legacy media, it's not being forthtelling to the populace, and people are still trapped in this legacy narrative in believing it. Whether it's on the whether it's the right or the left, whether they're paying attention to Fox News on the conservative wing, or if they're paying attention to CNN or MSNBC or what or whatever other legacy network, I mean those that's not gonna i mean that just doesn't cut it like there's and yeah. and then it doesn't help that you have i mean it's great that that there's somewhat of a decentralized information stream with the internet but it's been bamboozled and blocked um yeah. so much it's been shaped yeah exactly that um that it's just it's hard to find even alternative narratives and and then of course yeah Everybody's going to have their opinion. Everybody's going to have their bias. And you have to learn how to read between the lines and take multiple sources and say, hey, uh, okay, oh, I I kind of agree with this point. I kind of agree with this point. Uh, uh, most of it is fluff for both of these sources, both of these articles, yeah. or this clip or whatever. Most of it's fluff, but you just you you find what's really being told within that article, and then you basically continue on another outsourced third party. Basically, yeah. like you move on to the competition, and the fact is, like with the news, is it's never always going to be concise. You're always going to have more opinion, subjective opinion base 
because we're all human beings. We all have our errors. We all make mistakes. It doesn't matter. People are going to make mistakes. People are going to, they're going to embellish certain things in order to fit uh, their narrative. So, I mean, you just have to learn how to read between the lines. Yeah. But at the same time, an armed society is a polite society. Yep. As long as you can keep it. It's tough. It would be tough. It's tough to keep a, a, like, if we're able to successfully down the line, maybe the next few generations, it may be past our time, maybe a, a free, voluntary uh, society finally appears statism is dismantled and you have uh, a, a series of competitive societies within competitive measures of the market um, working alongside of each other trading alongside of each other but doing their own thing maybe that does happen but at the same time like um, and hopefully that does happen but at the same time, you're always going to have somebody that does step up into the limelight and with some authoritarian, uh, tyrannical uh, lure in his eyes or her eyes or or a gr- or the, the group's eyes that want to take over. You just have to be ready and be willing to continue to divorce from them. Behind every socialist is a disguised dictator. Lulu Pummy. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's why we that's why we love the little old the little old Austrian man with the tiny mustache who is not Adolf Hitler. Cuz he's exactly right. <laughs> Just because they both work in the Austrian government doesn't mean that they both want to go and kill Jews. Only one of them wants to, okay? I I like the other guy. He exactly. seems to be very uh, down to earth. The one guy, you know, the one everybody knows about that that overshadows the little guy. Yeah, um, not so much. Yeah, we don't we don't talk about him. In fact, if we went to Germany right now, we'd probably be put in prison for that for talking about that one guy that everybody knows yeah. that murdered a bunch so, of Jews under his yeah. regime. Hey, but at least he was doing it in a way that was following the law and driving the speed. Exactly. The the law that he created. <laughs> With some very long knives. Mm-hmm. Very, very long knives. He even broke some glass, too. Burned yeah. some books. Yeah. <laughs> he who burns books will burn people. Exactly. Exactly. Reminds me of the of the days of fifteenth century Florence. Yep. Yep. And that's and that's that's how it is. That's how you control a narrative and I mean it's an allegory. We don't necessarily you don't necessarily have to burn books like on a physical level, but it's the allegory that counts that uh those who control the knowledge are the ones that are destined to rule. I mean, because they're the ones that are able to fix the storyline and set up the narrative for yeah. all the rest 
to be duped into believing. I mean, yeah. it's it's why every behind every great dictator is a much more brilliant uh, purveyor of propaganda. Yeah. Hitler had yeah, Hitler had Goebbels. Go, uh, I mean, for one, I mean, uh, who did Stalin have? Well, like Lenin, uh, Lenin, you could put. Yeah, huh? he had somebody, but then he disappeared. He ended up disappearing. Yeah, Lenin had <laughs> Trotsky, for the most part. Trotsky was a good narrative-bound uh, Leninite. <clears throat> I mean, Mao had his fellers. I mean, everybody. Yeah, you always you have to have somebody that knows how to work the system and manipulate the populace in some capacity. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's that's how you do it. That's that's the dangers of uh, of tyranny, and that's how tyranny is formed is when you is when you manipulate the minds of the masses. It's like what Larkin Rosen once said, you know, I'm not worried about Hitler or Pol Pot or Stalin. I'm worried about people who are hallucinating that they have real authority over the lives of other people. Mm-hmm. That's and paraphrase. That's, it's not the exact quote. But. Yeah, that's the yeah, but that's that's essentially what he said. And uh and the the notion of that now we're gonna get back to how we started tonight is um Back to the police. That's that yeah. it goes to that quote. Like the illu- the those with the illusions and the and and the enamor of of believing they have authority because they are presented with some form of of authority because it's yeah like police with a badge, a gun, a uniform, a cruiser. Um, there the cops have been given that illusion of authority. Yeah. I mean, and what should be, in my opinion, uh, well, I think in everybody's opinion, what should be an institution within policing of common ground, uh, community-based service to people in providing law and and order um, for those around and working with them, cooperating um, to be able to protect them, ends up turning into more of a bully uh, scenario, where you yeah. have people that that are presented with this thought that I am a police officer, I have I have power. Yeah. You need to respect me. Well, yeah. respect is earned. Like you have to have some sort of merit before you're gained respect you have to earn your earn that you have to rise to the ranks and you can't just be some joe Smo with a badge and a gun that says hey re- hey respect my authority as cartman would say i was just about to reference <laughs> yeah respect my authority no yeah. man like i've known like security people who like literally as soon as they turned 18 they got a badge because they didn't have any other options. And they said, oh, you need a job. Well, I need somebody here to be my deputy. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't care who they get as long no. as they have somebody. Just like in in the current system with the, you know, the private security, they just mm-hmm. need to buy a bill for the contract. 
Yeah, but the the danger with the bot with these bodies, like security. Yeah. I mean, security is just mundane. Everybody knows yeah. that it's just it's just a job. So it's there's really no real world danger on the aspect of in the most ca- in most cases where you're gonna have somebody that thinks they have some perceived authority. Most security, you are gonna have some of those, but most people are just like whatever. I'm I'm sitting yeah. at a desk. Eating, enjoying my chips, watching. Yeah. I'm Netflix and chilling at work. Um, yeah. Whereas, like the danger with police is, you get somebody like that, and then all of a sudden, boom, they end up killing somebody, or yeah. they beat someone half to death just because. Well, I could do it, and yeah. they seem they they commit. Yeah, they 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 were caught. Uh, uh, they look like the suspect. They ran from yeah. me because I mean, maybe it was a a little black kid, little black teenage yeah. kid. He don't know any better. Yeah. He sees he sees the police. What the what do you think he's gonna do? He's gonna run. I think he, the big problem of this is that there's a mix between people who are pragmatic in the police mm-hmm. and then people who are affiliated in the police. Mm-hmm. And these people who are affiliated, and they may not particularly qualify the people that should be on the force but people who actually are they only you know it's like in a business how people will hire in their family to, you know mm-hmm. to protect each other and make sure each other has stability it's that kind of, that kind of thing you know and then there's the, the pragmatic part where well, well i need somebody and you know mm-hmm. he says he's okay but i don't really know him but I'm gonna give him a shot. Yeah. Being a total, you know, misread of mm-hmm. a person's character ends up being a Ray but, Tenzing. Yeah. Somebody that uh, bounces around can't make it as a real cop. Next thing you know, he's working for the University of Cincinnati. Ends up murdering somebody over what? Yeah. Because he didn't. Yeah. Because the guy didn't have. Uh, didn't he pulled him over because he only had one license plate yeah. in the state of Ohio and Cincinnati? Whoop de do. Yeah. I mean, what were what was your punk at? What what was your punk ass doing off of the University of Cincinnati campus? Yeah, <laughs> and then it was like uh, up there in Ohio, Cincinnati area. I remember there was uh, a while back somebody that we know knew somebody that uh, was just out at a bar or something like that and they got in a, confer- a confrontation with a, somebody who was an off-duty police officer and the off-duty police officer wound up killing them because there was a misunderstanding. You know, if you're a police officer, once you're off the clock, you're not supposed to, uh, they say that they, they say you're really never ever off the clock, but, but it's none of your business as, as, as long as you, they're not hurting anybody. If you get in a fight with somebody, just, don't, just walk away. Exactly. You don't have to prove anything. No, no, you no. don't. And and that could do, because it, I mean that could potentially jeopardize your job. It may yeah. not because you're a police officer, but it could. And the fact yeah. of the matter is, is that's exactly right. Like they should just learn yeah. how to clock out and go about it. If you really think something, since you are a cop, if you see something that's that's amiss and and kind of suspicious, um, by all means. Call your buddies on the force that are on duty. Call in, yeah. or just dial nine one one yourself. Whatever you're yeah. a cop, like let the, let your fellow officers know that 
hey, I uh, I witnessed this. I mean, you're a cop. Like, if if that, I mean, that's what you probably should do. Other than that, stay out of it. Like, it's not yeah. your situation to be in. You're off duty. You're not a cop. Yeah. Now, I mean, I understand if you're coming to the aid of somebody. I mean, by all means, you're you're a fantastic human being. Then yeah. you are, and you probably should be a cop if you're actually coming to save the day. Like someone's getting their ass beat, you come, you swoop in and tackle tackle somebody in in full motion of punching the daylights out of somebody else. Cool, that's great. And then after that, subdue them, citizens arrest because you're off duty, and then call it in. Get an actual police officer down there so they can arrest that that person, and then investigate what was going on and get with yeah. all the witnesses down there. And then of course you yourself to give yours in. They can take statements, find out what happened, get the story. Listen, we live in 1984. Okay, there's cameras everywhere. If you have to worry so much about you know handling the situation and trying to recall it, and you don't want to go back to the cameras, there's probably a problem. It, it, yeah, exactly. If you don't want to go back to the cameras, there has to be a problem, because yeah. you're exactly right. There's cameras everywhere. There's cameras where you don't think there's cameras. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So so they, they'll be able to go to the cameras. <laughs> yeah. So, but they'll still have to... Yeah, they'll still have to take statements in order to corroborate with whatever they find yeah. out on the on the the hidden cam. <laughs> Just remember, if you get pulled over, call the police and let them know you're being pulled over. Because you never know if it's somebody who's just pretending to be a police officer. You really don't anymore. That's a sad case. Another security guard I know, and he was telling me about, you know, how people, he knew people who did that. Mm -hmm. Because his experience up in Ohio, uh, in Columbus, doing security work, that people would, you know, uh, buy these older police cars that were, Mm -hmm. and then they would get similar looking uniforms, and they would pull people over and just do there's no accountability. There's no verification. There's there's no real justice. There's only people who just want to make they want the praise, but they don't want the responsibility or the obligation. So. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, that's where the accountability has to come to all of us. Yeah. So to compete with that that jurisdictional unjustness that we have today would be the best circumstance fact is i'd be more safer with joe smo uh standing next to me at a bar with a with a gun on his holster because i know that if i stand next to joe smo with a gun on his holster while i'm drinking i'm probably not going to get fucked with because nobody's going to come up to joe smo they're going to see that gun be like oh never mind so but but then again, you also gotta you gotta you gotta keep your your p's and q's ahead of yourself because yeah. Joe Joe Smoke could could be in that bar with a gun holstered because Joe Smoke could end up pulling that gun out and start killing everybody. So yeah, I mean I mean it, there's a risk. There's always risks in anything you do, anything you're involved yeah. with, any place that you go when uh when you're out in life. 
when you're out living. Yeah. Um, one sort, one such risk is out driving. You take yeah. a risk every day when you get behind the wheel, back out of your driveway, and drive down the road. I mean, there's a lot of insane, stupid people out on the road that probably shouldn't be driving. And there's too many people out on the roads anymore. I mean, that's why it's such a clusterfuck. And then on yeah. top of that, you are you have endless construction and poor infrastructure systems because your taxes aren't paying for the roads. They're paying yeah. for Ukraine. Yeah. And dropping bombs on Somalia. Yeah. Hey, I want to move Somalia. Here they got very good weather in between the bombs. I, I hear that too. I just want to become a pirate. Yeah. On the on the deep blue sea, and go travel, go travel to Madagascar, and then, and then I'm gonna have a pet lemur named Leroy, and then I'm gonna then I'm gonna attack I'm gonna attach a nuclear warhead on on Leroy's head on the back of his neck, and then I'm gonna send him out to Moscow, into the Kremlin, and then he's gonna blow up. And then they're going to blame the United States, and it's going to start World War III. <laughs> I'm just going to ask one question. Okay. Is, is, is the uh, nuclear bomb called Jenkins? Uh, the nuclear bomb is not called Jenkins, but I know where you're going on with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, Leroy is just my my pet lemur with a nuclear warhead on the top of his head. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, just, I just figured, you know, in our back. The Leroy Jenkins. Someone, that would be in the comments. Wait, there we don't have comments. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and a million other subscription services, probably. And some other I'm podcast things. Wherever you listen to podcasts, come join us and uh, pay us money. Yeah, only in, only in Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin Cash accessories, please. Yeah. We ain't on that fiat bullshit, yeah. but we right. we will accept fiat for right now until the dollar finally yeah. collapses. Hey, listen, listen, and while you're at it, join us at Joe Biden's. I'm sorry, not Joe, a Hunter Biden's crack house. You know, We're it, all, it, it, it was passed on from Joe Biden. It's on Telegram. It was. It used to be Joe Biden's cat house. It is now Hunter Biden's crack house. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna smoke crack with Hunter. We're gonna talk shit, and uh, we're going to uh, delve into the inner workings of whatever is on his laptop. And yeah. uh, Hunter is there with us in spirit. Uh, I feel so bad for you, Hunter. You're gonna take the fall for your father. You dumb yeah. crackheaded son of a bitch. So far, it'd be like Maxwell. You know, they're gonna uh, retract their the. Prison sentence time. In order to not uh, not put the laptop in, into uh, into evidence exhibit. Yeah, the client was So like what's the John McCaffrey and just so you know, yeah. just so you know, John John McAfee. Is he it McAfee? Oh. Is it McAfee or McAfee? I don't know. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Well, John McAfee. Oh, you thunder. Sorry. I know you were going for that. 
I think he was I think he was assassinated by Norton. <laughs> you mean he uh clicked on install dot exe? We're sorry. sick. I love it very much. I know. Uh, we're we're sick. We're sick. Hey, listen. John McAfee had a video on YouTube, and it's still up, I'm sure. Oh, oh how to uninstall McAfee antivirus. You know, he was just foreshadowing. He knew how. He knew things were how things were going. He, he knew, knew where things. He knew. He just he he just he needed to he needed to exit out of the server. Yeah, that's actually a pretty funny video. I love it. So, so I'm gonna have to. I I think I've seen it. I'm gonna have yeah, to watch it again. Yeah, I've seen it again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna have to watch it again. It yeah. Did, yeah. <clears throat> so, well, to end this uh, segment for the night, I'd like to to read a little something from one of my favorite anarchists, Emma Goldman, and it uh, oh, yeah. it has everything that this this uh, this little quote that I that I'm about to read. It kind of sums up why the essence of politics is uh, disgraceful and kind of uh, kind of ends uh, our episode here on the uh, on the note of what we were uh, what we were discussing um, for the main topic and that's basically it's about competition competition is always better than than outsourcing um, those to make decisions for you and uh this uh this quote uh and i highlighted it i actually got it from anti-politics in chapter 11 anarchists and elections participation in election means the transfer of one's will and decisions to another which is contrary to the fundamental principles of anarchism what anarchism is if people don't already know for those who don't is it is not what to popular belief what people want that are in the powers that control our institutions want you to believe it is not of no rule it is not chaos chaos is inevitable by the way we live in a violent universe that is chaotic and fluctuating all throughout and we and and even into our earth so chaos is natural but what that really means is the fact of the matter is is nobody should ever have authority over any individual and that's what anarchism is that's the principle of it is that I have no authority over you you have no authority over me and so when it comes to an institution such as democratic principles republicanism they're shams they they have no meaning it's best to be absentee from that system and divorce from it and counter it with your own uh sort of societal need um embracing an economic more economic aspect than to be stuck into a system of coercion 
because yeah. all you're doing when you're participating in a system like democracy uh, and republicanism, which is what our constitutional republic is, it's it's a yeah, it's a republic, it's a representative democracy, and what we do is we vote on measures that pick certain candidates that make the decisions for us. The problem is they don't make decisions for us because they have, they've been given authority. Nobody's going to relinquish that authority once they are given that illusion. Yeah. And that kind of coincides with what we've been dis- discussing with uh, why policing is an issue. And uh, judging by this last major mass shooting at a school and what the police were involved in, or lack of a better word, not involved in, <clears throat> um, they present the aspect that they have authority so they can basically do what they please. And there's a video on it. They use their perceived authority to intimidate while not doing their job to protect and serve and putting their life on the line to do as such. Competition and the dictation of the market, that's more natural than anything. Can't get rid of violence. You can't get rid of ego. You can subside it. You can divorce from it. But you're always going to run into that brick wall. So you're going to constantly sidestep. So the best bet is just to live life with the understanding that everybody is going to have their own bias. And to step back and away from a system that's going to collapse upon itself and crush you. Yeah. And that's why I uh, go on, go on. It's kind of have a hard to have a republic when you have a central bank. Because once you have a central bank, you're already like fifty fifty percent of the way to communism. So, sorry, I just want to put that in there. No, no, Uh, you're you're exactly right. It's it's very tough to have some sort of republic with the central bank because the central bank is going to. Definition communism, <laughs> but it's 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 uh it, the central bank's gonna do what um what you and me um love to advocate for um countering the central bank counters mm-hmm. what the republic is supposed to represent um, because the central bank wants to contain uh to sustain its own power and influence and uh, accumulate the wealth of that republic um, in order to basically they know that it's inevitable that they're going to collapse so I mean why not rob a nation before the inevitable mm-hmm. so how do you defeat a central bank you divorce from it you counter it you work in you the can't. black market <laughs> you you can't abolish the income tax. You sell it all its interest. <clears throat> fuck that. Thought, fuck fuck that in- yeah, fuck that income tax. 
So, funny thing you say that you can't, you really can't abolish it. But if enough people decided not to pay it, yeah, and we break away from that system, man, that system would collapse on itself. Because they, yeah, you because know, they can't come after everybody. Nope, and just, especially since you know they're spending them at like twenty million dollars to to get a hundred uh, one million dollars in in tax uh, avoidance. More pay tax. It's not gonna fly. But Andrew, that's that's the rich. That's not. They're just not paying their fair share. Yeah. Well, I'm just going off what I hear. It's corporate greed, dude. Yeah. It's what it's like. AOC said, "We need more. We need more government regulation. We need to tax the rich." Didn't she just tweet something about how we need to get rid of the police or something like that? Uh, I don't know if she said something like that a little bit. Oh, it was a video. She tweeted a video. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. She's actually advocating to get rid of the police or something. I, yep. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. But, yeah. I mean, it's well, so hypocritical. Yeah. It's just so hypocritical yeah. coming from that bitch. Yeah. I always hated that bitch. She looks like a donkey. Yeah. A donkey. With that, we are the legacy, right? I am Zach. Buckeye Zach, that is. This is Andrew Joseph. You can hit us up on Twitter at legacy underscore Z-A-K. Or you can hit up Andrew at AIConan90. Follow us. Give us a like. Check out The Legacy Right anywhere that you like to listen to podcasts, whether that be Apple, whether that be Spotify. And don't forget, don't forget to check out Hunter Biden's Crack House on Telegram. Come join us on Telegram. We're willing to talk anything and everything that isn't politics, which happens to somehow become politics. Yeah, it's always some some kind of revolving door. Sadly. You have anything else in Andrew's corner? Um, inflation is up. Inflation's always gonna be up. Hey, I just went to the supermarket, man. It is skyrocketing. Jesus yeah. Christ. I can't wait to fill up gas tomorrow. 70 bucks last week. Can't wait to see what it is this week. Jesus, it's probably going to be 60 bucks for me. <clears throat> Sweet. Uh, enough with the ride, everybody. Let's enjoy it until the system collapses. Buckeye Zach and Andrew Joseph out. Peace. See you.